Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. Shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll continue our study of the book of Judges by looking at the birth of Samson. If you've got a Bible with you, turn to Judges chapter 13 and follow along while I read. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child is to be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah rose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat anything unclean. All that I have commanded her, let her observe. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that when your words come true, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing that it is wonderful? So Manoah took the young goat and the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward the heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching, and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands, or 
shown us all these things, or now announced to us such things as these. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Mahanadan between Zorah and Eshtol. As we read this story, we see the origins of Samson, a, a dramatic birth story. Samson would be born to a woman who was barren. This message was brought to her by an angel of the Lord, and there were special conditions that were to surround his birth and his raising. He was going to be consecrated to God from birth. There are great details in this story and a lot of things that bear more attention. And I think it's worthy to mention a few things that this birth story of Samson shows us. One is that it shows us the stubbornness of man. As this starts, the reason that Samson has to be born to begin the deliverance is that for 40 years, Israel has been oppressed by the Philistines. Every time that Israel was oppressed, it was because they had turned away from God and chased after things that could not rescue them. And so God let them suffer the fate that they had chosen for themselves. But after a period of time, either when God could take it no more or the people repented, God would intervene and send a deliverer like Samson to take away their oppression. But the people of Israel repeat this cycle over and over again, knowing that they can never outsmart God or come up with a better plan than God. They keep trying. We can be just as stubborn sometimes as God has given us instruction and direction of how best to live our life, of how best to prepare ourselves with eternity with him. We look for better ways of doing it, ways that get us God's blessing, plus also offer us things that we really want. We'll see throughout Samson's life that he is a stubborn person as well, and we'll learn from his stubbornness, hopefully, to not be as stubborn ourselves. This birth story of Samson also shows us the grace of God. In man's stubbornness, God again and again comes and restores Israel. He looks out for their best interest. He delivers them from oppression when they can bear it no longer. These things seem to frustrate God, but he never withholds his grace from them. He always rescues them in the end. We see this for his people, Israel, but we also see this to individuals like Manoah and his wife who were distraught because they hadn't had any children and now they're going to be blessed with a child. We even see it for Samson throughout his life as he continues to make missteps, but God continues to be gracious to him. People are stubborn, but God is gracious. And what God asks in return is for consecration. Here, he tells Manoah's wife that she's going to need to observe certain rules uh, before Samson's born, and she's going to have to raise Samson a certain way so that he will be a Nazarite to God or consecrated to God. In Numbers chapter 6, verses 1 through 21, we see the description of a Nazarite vow that was given to Israel. And now Manoah and his wife are being asked to raise their child as a Nazarite from birth. This would be unusual because typically someone would take a Nazarite vow as a matter of choice, as they 
wanted to set their life apart for the service of God for a particular period of time. And there were ways that that vow would be honored. And then there were ways that that vow would reach its conclusion and ritual at the end of it. We even get a picture of Paul as he goes on missionary journeys, seeming to Uh, participate in that vow when we look at Acts chapter 21, verses 17 through 26. This vow was intended to remind the person making it and those who would come in contact with him that he was in the Lord's service. And God has always desired of his people a consecration, a being set apart for his use and his purposes. Jesus even says on the night he's betrayed in John chapter 17, starting in verse 17, as he's praying to God, he says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus said he had consecrated himself, set himself apart for God's purpose. And in doing that, he had set the example and given a way for his followers to sanctify themselves in the truth of his word. Man is stubborn, but God's gracious. In return, we should be willing to set ourselves apart from the rest of the world, from the cares and desires of the circumstances around us, and be willing to always do what it is that God wants us to do. I think we see in this story a a proper way to respond to the word of God. If he has called us to consecration, what is our response? The first step seems to be to have faith in God's promises. I, I love how Manoah asked to speak to the angel of the Lord. And when he does, he doesn't ask for proof that what he says is coming true. He says, when it comes true, what do we do next? I think sometimes when we come to realize what God has in store for us, and we look at all the promises of Scripture that we're supposed to experience in our lives, we are often guilty of doubting whether or not they're going to happen for us. That maybe for some reason God is withholding that to teach us some kind of lesson, or there's some reason why we don't deserve those blessings. When we receive God's Word, with all of its blessings, with all of its commandments, we need to have faith in what God has said. We need to trust the promises that he's made and anticipate them coming true so that we can plan what happens next, which is the second step. You go to God to find out what that step is. You don't come up with it on your own, but you ask God what we do next. It's exactly what Manoah does when the angel of the Lord comes. I think the next thing we see in a proper response to the word of God is that God expects sacrifice. Too many of us think or maybe have even been taught that God doesn't want us to experience any kind of negative feeling or emotion or any type of emotional or physical pain as we follow him. But very often, Jesus himself talks about how difficult it can be to be his follower because not everyone will appreciate it and like it, and there will be hardship that come to those who believe. God expects us to make sacrifice for him. He promises us that it'll be worth it, that in that sacrifice, that he will shape and mold us, but he expects the sacrifice. Manoah seems to know this intuitively. He goes and 
gathers up a sacrifice for this person. And, and the person says, make sure your sacrifice is to the Lord. Make sure that Yahweh is the one that you're sacrificing to. And so he prepares a sacrifice. He puts it on a rock, sets it on fire. And, and as the smoke's going up into the air, the angel of the Lord ascends with the smoke. But Manoah understood the significance of the sacrifice he was being asked to make. And not only was it this goat that was being put on the altar, it was his entire lifestyle was going to be sacrificed because now he was going to have a child and that child was going to have to be raised under extreme circumstances with very strict guidelines on his life. He had a lot of responsibility now and was going to have to sacrifice to make that happen. And then the final step in responding to a word from God is carrying out that task with the proper attitude. Manoah and his wife seem to have an incredible attitude about this whole story. It varies significantly from Gideon's first encounter or other people who come in contact with God through this angel of the Lord. And it seems that part of what helps them to have that attitude is first that they realized what they deserved. When they came in contact with God, they didn't assume that they deserved the child that was coming or that they deserved any of the blessings that would soon be a part of their life. What they knew was that they deserved to die. They were in the presence of a holy God and they weren't holy. So what they deserved was to be eliminated from his presence. They knew that the way they were being treated was not what they deserved, but it was much better than they deserved. And then as the chapter closes out, we see Manoah's wife explaining to her husband why they don't have to fear death. And it's obvious that she understood the gifts that God was giving them. She understood that there was a, a plan in place and there was a response that was expected of them or they wouldn't have been given all the instructions. They weren't going to die. They were being given a chance to live. They understood the gifts that God was given. So they carry out their task with the proper attitude. As we watch this man and this woman have this exchange, I think we should be convicted about how often we hear a word from God, and whether it's through a sermon or we're having an experience that reminds us of a passage, whatever is going on in our life where the word of God comes to us and we don't respond the way they do, we don't have faith in the promise, we don't ask God what we should do next. We don't understand that it may require sacrifice, and we're not always willing to carry out our task with the proper attitude. What we have to remind ourselves is that we deserve death, but God is gracious, so I will serve Him. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, kalirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Twitter.